What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky movie. And today is a very special episode. They come once every month. It's the Discord <laughs> Decides. Uh, the Discord's favorite part of the month and, you know, kind of ours I as well. I was about to it's, say, it's and honestly ours, because like we don't have to choose it just makes <laughs> right we just put it in someone else's hands which is always really nice mm-hmm. um to just give the reins to someone else and say be free <laughs> like, do, choose for do us, what you please. will yeah tell us what to do because it's nice sometimes to be told what to do mm-hmm. when you're thinking freely for the rest of the month yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We like to think less when we can here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always a nice to give our brains a little bit of a a little bit of a relaxation day. And the Discord mm-hmm. decides does that for us. And this time around, I'm sure you guys may have already been expecting this, but we did a pride pick Discord decides because it's the last day of June. Had to do it to them, had to keep it going. And so, yeah, that was the theme. And the Discord spoke and they decided they wanted us to talk a little bit or a lot of bit about the perfection. It was stacked up against Neon Demon and Thelma. Mm-hmm. And so those were our three. And interestingly enough, Thelma was one that we hadn't really heard of and kind of picked right before the discord decides because we had seen it on lists and then we watched a trailer for it and we're pretty into it so we put that one in honestly still looking forward to checking that one out in the future because it looks very 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 cool so honestly same with the neon demon as well like honestly all three of these picks i'm gonna watch all three um i think the discord just decided which one i was gonna watch first because all three seem very interesting very cool and very stylish i wanted to watch all of them yeah that's very true we had some very stylish artsy yeah artsy fartsy movies (laughs) this time though i didn't know that i will say i think maybe out of well Okay, I can't say that because I haven't seen the other two, so I'm being mm-hmm. a little presumptuous right now. But I think out of all of them, the Perfections trailer doesn't show maybe how stylistic it actually is in the movie because I think it is a little bit more artsy than the trailer kind of shows it as being. Oh, most definitely. And the trailer was damn good for the Perfection. I will say after watching the movie... They uh, subverted your expectations quite quite a bit. Mm. We'll like we'll get into it later. But after watching the trailer and watching the movie, I wasn't quite sure that I was watching the same thing that was in the trailer, or yeah. at least my expectations were completely off in terms of what this movie was going to be. Yeah, it's very much like an A twenty four trailer mm-hmm. where you watch it and you're like, I get it, and then you watch the movie 
and go, wait. <laughs> I understood <laughs> no. nothing. What did I buy a ticket for? Because I had <laughs> thought I had thought this was gonna be an action movie, and now mm-hmm. I'm sad and I need to go talk to a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Which trailers should. Trailers yeah. definitely should. Yeah, sell the movie. So, I, yeah. I I don't put any fault there. Throw you for a loop a bit. I do. I mean, we've kind of discussed it before. The best horror trailers give you just enough where you're interested, but not too much where they give away all the scares. Now, the nice thing about this movie is it's on Netflix. It's streaming. And so it's not the same as buying a whole ticket and going to see a movie and then being like, what the? But I, I think, though, that they did a good job with this movie trailer because although it leaves a lot out, the tone of it is the same. The tone of it is, you're right, the tone of it is the same. And the stuff that they leave out is actually important that they leave yeah. out because it's kind of paramount to the experience of watching this movie. Because this is a very twisty, turny movie. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of unexpected shifts that happen that I think if they gave those away in the trailer, it would take away from the experience of actually watching it. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. So well done to uh, the people who cut the trailer. I would also like to throw out a honorable mention for the people who cut the first kill trailer because we watched that a couple right. days ago. <laughs> and it's good. That trailer is really good. If you guys want to haven't seen that, I'd go back and check it out because I was <laughs> people have been killing the trailer game lately. Um, whether mm-hmm. that translates to the finished product is a whole other story. But that leads me into let's let's go ahead and see if this trailer translated into a well-done movie or if maybe we should have just watched the trailer and kept it at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, homies, we are entering into spoiler territory, so you have been warned. But today we are talking about The Perfection. This movie was directed by Richard Shepard. Starring Allison Williams as Charlotte, Logan Browning as Lizzie, Steven Weber as Anton, and Alina Huffman as Paloma. Charlotte was a cello prodigy at the prestigious Backoff Music Academy until she had to put her career on hold to care for her terminally ill mother. After her mother's passing, Charlotte contacts her mentor. Anton, and travels to Shanghai to assist him and his staff in selecting a new student. While there, she meets Lizzie, Anton's current star pupil, and the two strike up a romance. But when Charlotte accompanies Lizzie on a royal trip through China, it becomes clear that Charlotte had ulterior motives for her trip. Insert slow-mo flashbacks, rusty meat cleavers, and steamy string duets here. Our film concludes with Charlotte's true intentions being revealed as we learn the true price of the perfection. Also, you know what you have to do. Roll credits. Can I just say, Allison Williams is just like slowly making it so that I'll never trust anything (laughs) she says or does. (laughs) She could smile on my face and and tell me to have a good day, and I'd be like, 
this. She don't Allison, mean it. She really don't mean it. <laughs> Allison Williams truly is the reason I have trust issues. Like literally my first note is I still haven't forgiven you, Miss Williams. Mm. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. Especially because in this movie, she plays seemingly at first a very similar character. A character mm -hmm. who seems super great and awesome and nice and and supportive and then you feel like she has these underlying motives and then you question if that's real or true and then the end you find out what the what she really was trying to do the whole time mm -hmm. so it's hard because she goes into this movie giving me a very similar vibe to get out where i just think run i'm like oh, lizzie run girl run. <laughs> get out get, get some help because yeah, i don't yeah i don't trust it but like i said she she's good she's good at playing a character with a secret like she does a good yeah. job with it and a character that has to switch fairly often i will say i do have some issues with her characterization in this film which okay. we will get into more a little bit later i did have some issues with the switch Mm -hmm. in certain aspects of this movie however not that she played it wrong that's more of a movie flaw for me than okay. allison williams i think she plays the character very very well yeah i i agree with that because she has she does a great job of gaining your trust i think like even after watching get out and going into this movie yes i did have preconceived notions sorry about it however I still felt myself trusting this character. And even as the even as her and Lizzie's relationship started to blossom, I was happy for them. Like mm -hmm. they had great chemistry. Um, I thought that they both complemented each other very well. Honestly, both their performances to me were fantastic. So watching the two of them in a scene together was just an engaging moment. Yeah. However, you get half an hour into the movie and then she she backstabs us again. Right. Again. And it's like, so soon we're here again. <laughs> Is it me? Is it my fault? A shame on me. Problem? Yeah. It's like you did it twice. I am the fool. I am the clown. <laughs> yeah. So I no, but I agree with you. I think both her and Logan Browning in this film are huge benefits of this film like oh yeah huge yeah i thought pros. they gave knockout performances great and and that's so important in this movie in the sense of this very much is i think like a woman's tale and like a, a female story and i think that because of that obviously both of our female protagonists carry a load of this film and thankfully have the performances to back it up because they're like hefting some weight in in this they're they're both of them are in almost every single scene and this yeah. story is really about them and so mm -hmm. it's so great that they have such good chemistry and that they are able to hold the focus and I think captivate the lens so well because there are a lot of moments where it's literally like just their faces yeah. on the lens and it's relying very heavily on their performances luckily those performances are solid because i think yeah. if they weren't this movie would have lost 
me (laughs) very much so um because of especially because of how serious the subject matter gets i think the more this movie goes along the more serious this movie gets Mm -hmm. and with something that intense uh, yeah you really do need to have some some people who can handle that and they do a great job yeah i agree with that uh especially with well, actually, I'll, I'll save that thought because we'll talk about it later when we get to that portion. I don't okay. want to like jump into the trigger warning stuff too too early. Okay. Um, but since we kind of know, well, since we know my first note, I'm kind of curious, Erica. What what's your first note? What's what what's in your notebook? <laughs> so my first note is not them talking right next to her. LOL, because the movie opens. <laughs> the movie opens with Charlotte sitting at her mother's deathbed and Mm -hmm. her aunts like charlotte is sitting in a chair in the corner of her mother's bedroom and her two aunts are talking about her two feet away from her like they're right outside of the door the door's wide open and there it's not it's not like a Oh my gosh, I can't believe they're literally just like, well, maybe she lost all of her talent. What do you think? <laughs> Good thing her mom's dying so she can get back to her life. It's like so loud. <laughs> they're basically like, talking into megaphones. <laughs> haven't you people ever heard of closing the goddamn door? Yes, <laughs> truly. Can we get Brendan Urie to fucking <laughs> pop out with a top hat? Because I thought that was ridiculous. I was like, they're really being loud as and she's mm-hmm. just sitting there listening to it. That's the whole opening is just her sitting there listening to them talking mad shit right in the yeah. hallway. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of heightened reality, I think. Yeah. Well, at least in regards to the way people react to each other and other people, I think. Because there there are moments like that moment where it's like, Clearly, you'd have this conversation somewhere else, but for the confines of the movie, we're having it here. Right. Um, but even like later on, when we get to some of the stuff, like the when they're at the uh, when they're at the recital, and we watch the two cheating parents, and <laughs> somehow an entire auditorium of people do not notice that these what these people are doing, oh, or yeah. even like how how people react to our two main actresses on the bus, like. People don't necessarily react like normal everyday humans, I think, but it's not like far off from how normal people react. It's just a little bit heightened, I think. Yeah, it's within the realm of reality. It's just you have to suspend the disbelief a bit in certain circumstances. Yeah, especially that part. She has a handful of balls, a handful, (laughs) and she's standing in front of all of the parents. All of the parents, next to both of their spouses. Next to both of their spouses, whilst their daughters are having their cello off on stage. Mm-hmm. And the way that she weaved through the crowd of parents, <laughs> specifically to stand next to this man and mm-hmm. to give him a handy over his slacks. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing here? But no, even yeah, even that bit is a little bit of it's drama you know it's dramatic and like it it does work in the confines of the movie but you do have to kind of like get used to it at least i did in the first bit i was like okay this is this is kind of how people react to things this is how it's going to work for this okay i'm here Mm -hmm. just took a like quick second of adjustment to get into the 
the reality of this world. One thing I mm-hmm. will want to, I did want to say that I think is cool. I read a little excerpt from an interview that Logan Browning did. And she said, so all of the three younger girls that are up there playing cello, they mm-hmm. were hired specifically because they're professional cello players. So they okay. were actually playing. And then both Logan and Allison learned how to play cello for this movie. So mm-hmm. it is them playing. They did have doubles for like close-ups of the hands. Right. But when it's full body shots and you see their faces and their bodies and everything, that's them. So I thought that was pretty cool. I always like when they purposefully learn things for the movie and you get to see that work out on screen because it's always better when you can see a full aspect of the actor instead of it being like a close-up on someone's hands for 20 minutes because they don't actually know how to play. Know how to play. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. It, it kills immersion when it's like them at the instrument and then, you know, you cut to that insert shot. You're like, yeah. we all know that ain't you playing. Right. It's it's nice to see them at least a little bit. And, you know, not every person, not every actor might have the time to learn a new skill or whatever. And that's fine. But yeah, that's fair. As but... long as they can make it believable, because you can always tell, guys, when you you can clock it in a movie, if it's all just head shots and then just hand shots, that ain't. I hate that. That ain't them. That's not that's not Demi Moore playing the piano. It's not. It's not. It's she's she's sitting. She's just sitting there. But I'm glad that they did that though, because the cello playing in this movie, I think, is very paramount Mm -hmm. to the overall tone and atmosphere. Because I do think it really elevates things when you these moments that you sit and watch all of these amazing talented cellist playing i think it really puts you in the mood like i absolutely love their duet scene like even even if they had doubles for that i thought that that scene was so engaging um to have the two of them playing with the backdrop over like their night out and stuff that was so cool i love that yeah i thought that was awesome too i think especially for these characters It was so important to be able to really see them interact in that scene because it's so obvious that part of their attraction to each other is because they idolize each other's talents so much. Mm -hmm. And there's like a they build a relationship and a familiarity because they are both so talented at this thing. And they both are like, I think you do this great. And I think you do this great. And I think that fuels some of their passion and attraction. And so Mm -hmm. it was nice to be able to see them fully for that and to see that build up. Cause could you imagine that if it was like literally their necks up and they're just like looking, (laughs) looking (laughs) looking over each other and they look like they're just floating heads. (laughs) Uh, So I'm, I'm really happy because you kind of got to see them with, like put the movement into it and build up this foreplay in a sense whilst mm-hmm. playing the cello. Did you ever play any string instruments? I did. I was a little violin boy back in uh, elementary school. I was a violin girl. <laughs> oh my god. Can you believe it? All it all makes sense now. <laughs> Can you believe it? I... How long did you play for? Because I smooth dropped out after a year. <laughs> yeah, no, I only played for a year and then I moved on to flute. <laughs> oh, I, I thought see. the strings just weren't for me. In actuality, my mom was like, if you don't practice, then I'm not going to then you shouldn't do this. And I didn't ever practice. So. Yeah. 
honestly same it was like such an expensive hobby for how little effort i was putting into it so i fully understand the parents being like you know maybe just go run track that's that's a lot cheaper for us yeah (laughs) and she was like are you gonna actually play music are you just gonna keep putting resin on your bow for 25 minutes (laughs) and i was like i mean (laughs) what do you want me to say Now, look, in hindsight, I do wish that I had taken that way more seriously because that would be such a cool skill to have as an adult. Um, So if you're younger listening to this and you happen to be playing an instrument, you're thinking about quitting, uh, see it through. See that thing through. If you like it, because that's the thing. If you like it. I did like it. I wish I would have put more time into it. And I wish, I think I got into this headspace where I was like, I need to try everything. So I decided I needed to try a different instrument rather than just Mm -hmm. sticking with the same one, which is why I switched to the flute. I didn't like the flute as much as the violin. So Mm -hmm. I wish I would have just either gone back or just not switch but you know hindsight is 2020 2020 and i will say this about string instruments you feel sophisticated as fuck Mm -hmm. when you're playing them when that truly do when you pop that chin (laughs) (laughs) right into the little rest yeah Mm -hmm. and then you you know it's about to go down you flourish your bow up you feel sophisticated (laughs) till you hit that sour note (laughs) <laughs> and then you said oh get taken right back into reality yeah. you're like oh yeah i'm a child who can barely play mary had a little lamb let me keep myself in check but it is pretty cool mm-hmm. um kind of swinging back to the movie a little bit now i have a question and okay. it may be a dumb question but are we meant to believe that our dear girl lizzie here was just straight thirsting after Charlotte for 10 years because I feel like the level of moves that she put on her the moment she had an opportunity to were um, honestly legendary. Like, I don't, Lizzie had mad game, which I thought was pretty cool. Like, she is a very confident person, which was fun to see in that first half. And and I remember I was like, especially for someone who has presumably spent all of their time at the academy, she is mm-hmm. yeah, she's she's ready to rock and roll. She knows what she wants. She's ready to get it. I think it's just one of those things where for Lizzie, Charlotte has been kind of her idol for the ten years that she's been at the academy. And so I feel like she has she's like, I have this moment in front of mm-hmm. me. I I'm feel like <laughs> I feel like she's kind of digging me. I would like to sleep with you. Let's go. I, that's what I. That's what it felt like. But she, yeah, she, she had, she had it going on. She had the hots. And for how much distrust I have for Allison Williams at this point, I'll give it up to both ladies. It is unfair how stunning both of them are. They mm-hmm. are beautiful women, both of them. Yeah, they are beautiful. And you know what? I was happy. One thing I was pleased with in this movie is that in the end it doesn't even matter no i'm just kidding (laughs) in the end it because i think they could have done this in a way where charlotte didn't actually like lizzie and was and this was all just kind of a long con 
for a greater purpose. But mm -hmm. I'm glad that that wasn't the case. I'm glad yeah. that they did actually form a connection and form a bond. And she legitimately cared about her, not just in a way of I want to save you, but in mm -hmm. a way of once she got to know her, she was into her as well. And I'm glad that that was the case because yeah. um, especially because they got intimate and mm -hmm. actually do sleep together. And you can tell that Lizzie is really happy about that and so i'm glad that that was just kind of more of a an extra benefit like an extra thing that maybe charlotte wasn't expecting but was good in the mm -hmm. end and that she did want that to happen and not just like okay cool i'll use this as a yeah. as a means to an end because that would have been unfortunate it would have been unfortunate and i think had they gone that route it would have taken away from what I think is a very strong first half. I think the first half of this movie is definitely my favorite. Agreed. Um, just because you really get to see the character relationships build. Um, the plot escalates very quickly. And I just think that it's a well thought out first half. I mean, since we're kind of in the realm of it, too, at this point, let's talk about like the, the, the big con um, or the, the big twist in the first half. Uh, with what Charlotte's planning and our rusty little meat cleaver here. Yeah. Uh, how'd, you, how, how'd you feel about this? How'd you feel about this first twist? So, yeah. So, because this movie is split up to, into acts, which I thought was kind of mm -hmm. cool. There's four acts yeah. in this movie. And I would say that act two is probably my favorite, which is when the twist happened, which is the, I think, called Detour. Mm -hmm. And I... I liked it. Mm -hmm. I did like it. But this section, this whole bus sick section is my favorite part of the movie. Same. It's so good because this is more so of a horror of reality in the sense of, oh, how scary would it be to, f to get severely sick in a place and be out in the middle of nowhere and you're around a bunch of people and you're embarrassed. Lizzie's so embarrassed, but she feels so bad. She can't control what's happening. She's mm -hmm. with this person that she's just met, but she really likes. And she's surrounded by people that are obviously afraid of her and afraid that they're gonna get sick. The yeah. bus driver is not having any of it. And because we, we also established that there was like a sickness going yes. around in uh, southern China mm -hmm. where they're because they're in Shanghai at this point, which is very, very eerie because all of what a year later COVID hit. Yeah. So like that similarity is kind of wild. That's suspicious. That's weird. It is, um, it is wild. And I, and that's why I was thinking, I was like, these people on the bus are actually being much more understanding than I think reality is. Because I think around the time that COVID hit, anybody who coughed, people were like, <gasps> but these people <laughs> on the bus are actually being, for the most part, very nice to i yeah, mean they're with a girl scared vomiting all over the back of the bus yeah, most definitely vomiting and about to shit herself as she's like walking through the bus i mean they're like trying to help as much as they can whilst also protecting themselves because mm -hmm. they don't know what she has but like they're giving her water that one there's one guy on the bus who can speak english and so he's trying to translate because that's another thing is charlotte 
um, is having a hard time translating with the bus driver because Lizzie's too sick to talk. And so yeah. it's like falling upon Charlotte and she's struggling. We, you know, trying to let them know what's going on. There's this guy that's trying to help and he's like, we'll go further and get you help. There's little things like that that are nice, but it's still really, really scary and really mm-hmm. Like, I feel for Lizzie. I think this is Logan Browning. This is, like, my favorite part of her in this movie because she's. Mm-hmm. I just feel so bad she, for her. She plays it so well, yeah. like, so pure. You really you really feel like this girl is dying. Yeah. Like, whatever she has, you feel like she's dying. And that is solely through Logan's performance, performance. there. And, and it's so good. It's really scary and it's really sad. And I think the things that I like the most about it are there are some nice nuances in there of these human moments that I think we all feel when maybe something medically is going wrong. There's these mm-hmm. moments where she'll like laugh at something that Charlotte says and kind of like pull herself out of it for a minute. And then like things will be really calm for a second because she's just kind of like breathing through it and then things hit really hard. There's these like really nice ebbs and flows to it, which I thought was really great. And Mm, it felt very grounded. Yeah, because I was like, this feels like like a legit illness, whatever she has. And so we yeah, we they set it up and we see bugs and in her vomit and yeah it's real it's real gross it's not fun to look at that vomit is uh, fluorescent green <laughs> neon green it's vomit so <laughs> green which i'm gonna assume is uh, a side effect of the pills because yeah. either that or she ate slime for dinner i was gonna say it looks like she projectile vomited some nickelodeon slime <laughs> yeah. onto that window figure it out last night <laughs> just swallowed all the slime because it's bright like it's really fucking bright. bright and for how much of like an asshole the bus driver seems like he is still being pretty chill about the fact that this girl is literally vomiting all over right his uh his bus and also he's got to be like, you know, he's feeling annoyed because he's got this like foreign white lady just yelling at him. Yeah, probably shit that he doesn't even understand. He's just like, why? Why are you in my face while I'm trying to drive right now? Right. And I'm not going to lie. Charlotte, your privilege was showing a little bit during this bus scene, just in the way that she was like acting. Like, I know that she was concerned for the health mm-hmm. of her friend. And like, I know that she was fighting for her. But the way the tone that she had was very Karen for me. It was giving me some Karen vibes. Right. She's a little, she's a bit aggressive in the sense that it's it's hard because it's such a heightened situation emotionally. But see, this right. is where things get a little tricky because we know that Charlotte knew the whole time that this was mm-hmm. going to happen. So she just kind of had to play it up, I think, for the benefit of the scenario to look legit. So mm-hmm. she probably was kind of doing it up a bit, <laughs> like a bit more than she would if if this was real, if she was mm-hmm. at legitimately scared for Lizzie. But she's not, so she's going a little bit ham. She is like screaming in the bus driver's face, which, you know, there's only, in a situation like this, because I've been in a situation like this on a bus in LA, and like the thing that we had to do there, as soon as it started happening, like. They stopped the bus. 
Like we all mm-hmm. had to get off. It's not, mm-hmm. and he keeps going. Like he just keeps driving, and he ends up making them get off, which understand. Like it's it's a tricky situation because they're in the middle of nowhere, and yeah. so the other option is let all these other people get off in the middle of nowhere, come back for them. And I think at that point he just wanted to like get rid of them because he yeah, saw them as I, more of the problem. I get. Like I actually do get. I understand the bus driver's motives he was just kind of a dick about it oh, but i yeah. do understand why he he did the things that he did and he made the choices yeah. that he made i think his dickishness came out because from the fact that he was like aggressively handling lizzie and really throwing shade at her despite her not being able to do anything to control about like control yeah. herself if anything i was like yeah maybe be a little bit mad at charlotte because She's, She's really, the one screaming in your yeah, face right making now. Making a fuss, but yeah, he was really fucking Lizzie's life up, and she's just trying not to shit her pants. <laughs> and that's where he was really a dick, is he like yeah. basically because he throws her off the bus, and then mm-hmm. Charlotte just kind of like follows. Yeah, um, but you know, I get it. You trying to just yeah. do your job, but could have could have been a little bit nicer. But he's guy. probably like, I didn't. I'm just trying to get to this town. Like, I didn't even try. I didn't even want. I didn't want this. I didn't want to come <laughs> to said, work I was going to call out today. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to deal with this today. But yeah. So we get this whole thing that culminates in Lizzie cutting off her her hand. Yeah. Because she's convinced that there are bugs under her skin. And Charlotte is the one who says they're coming from your hand. Mm-hmm. And then we do this rewind, be kind, rewind situation. Mm-hmm. And we go back and see things from Charlotte's POV, which shows that she gave Lizzie her mom's medication, which when mixed with alcohol is very bad, causes hallucinations and all this stuff. And she, through the power of persuasion, kind of planted the seed in in Lizzie's mind that about the bug thing. She like planted yeah. that in her mind, which... It was cool to see it from both perspectives. I yes. don't know how I feel about the rewind thing. I mm-hmm. think I like it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think I, I'm leaning more towards I like it. Uh huh. But I also think I like it more this first time than I do the second time they do it. Yeah, 100% agreed there. Um, I personally loved it the first time. Yeah. Second time. It was okay, Second time, but yeah. the first the first time for me worked very well because I genuinely didn't know where we were going from here. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think when you watch the trailer for this movie, one of the big moments is when she reveals the cleaver. Um, or one of the big moments is when we're at the hand and um, Charlotte reveals the cleaver. And it's like, where does this story go from here? And so, like, I think the trailer did a good job of not revealing where the story goes post that. So it's like when that moment hits, I was sitting there with because I didn't know anything about this movie going into it. So I was sitting there like, okay, where are we going from Mm -hmm. here? And so the rewind worked very well for me because I loved seeing us play through these moments again. But to see how honestly manipulative Charlotte was in that moment. Um, And I think it sets you up. And it sets Charlotte up to be a very specific kind of character that I was honestly very excited for 
And I'm still coming to terms with how I feel about <laughs> not necessarily getting that character. Okay. Yes, because we get kind of set up with a what seems like a jealousy revenge kind of a tale mm-hmm. from Charlotte's perspective is what we feel is going in because from our point of view and from the world's point of view, her career was cut short unfairly. She Mm -hmm. was not able to do or get to the greatness that she should have. And instead, Lizzie kind of swooped in and took the career that she should have had. And so it's understandably thought by some that maybe she's jealous and maybe she is seeking revenge because she's upset that someone else got what was promised to her. That's kind of like what is set up in this first or I guess the second section. And so, mm-hmm. and it makes sense. You're like, okay, that's why she wanted to get close to her. That's why she wanted to get back with them. And she, cause she kind of says like, oh, I'm an amateur. And then she's still really good at playing, which mm-hmm. isn't weird. Like she would retain that. So it makes sense later on. But at the time you're like, huh, is she kind of lying about a bunch of things? And she's just been waiting to have a moment to pop back up and take back her spot is mm-hmm. what it seems to be. And so, so you're getting like a lot of these like black swan vibes in yeah. a way. Black swan vibes. I also think that this director is probably inspired by Japanese horror and and some of the revenge and even violence from those movies or even like South Korean movies. I got some of those vibes throughout mm-hmm. this movie. But as the movie goes on and we find out what's really going on with Charlotte, This is my biggest issue with her character is in this moment that Lizzie cuts her hand off. Mm -hmm. She has a reaction. I get it. Everything about the way she does it is very methodical because she has a very specific end game. She has a very serious goal that she's trying to achieve by Mm -hmm. any means necessary. And... So I get that, but I this I just thought it was weird when we find out that she does really care and that she's trying to help and like she's never done anything like this before in her life. I just think the stoic nature of her watching her cut her hand off and it just like doesn't affect her at all. Mm-hmm. That's what I think is weird. And, it, it, and, is. And I, it is. I feel like they did that for us they like the precedence of the twist took over her character instead Mm -hmm. of staying true to i think what her character should be they decided that the twist was more important so she had to be a certain way when that happened yeah and i just don't buy that she would just stand there and stare and watch her cut her hand off and not even wince Mm -hmm. that's weird to me it is. It is. I, I, I hear you there 100%. And um, going back a little bit to like, although it's fun when we do the rewind to see Charlotte's schemes and like how this plan came to fruition. Um, let's just say right now, this plan is nonsensical and would never work. Like it is way too specific for her to have planned this shit out by any means. It's bonkers. Uh, so like I I don't know how you anyway. <laughs> um I I agree with you and they 100% did 
Um, she had to play it that way in order for us to get the full effect of that twist. And me personally, I was okay with the sacrifice because I did really like the twist of it and like finding out more later on was engaging for me. But I fully understand how that can be jarring and take you out because it is counterintuitive to who the character actually is. Even if the character has a plot or a plan, um, we see later on, later on that this character truly does have a lot of compassion and feels yeah. very strongly about Lizzie. So, yeah, it does seem very strange that even as things are going according to this very specific ridiculous plan, that she wouldn't have some sort of emotional response to this in that moment. Now, we get a little bit of it later, later on, yes. sure. Um, when we get more of a reveal, but not having it there in that moment does present this strange shift because the next time we see Charlotte, she seems almost like a completely different person. Yeah, she is. And because she's more able to just be herself later on, we get to see her true nature more. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what it is because I, I don't think it's wildly out of bounds that she would be maybe not react the same way that everybody would react because she's been through this very traumatic experience. And so she is uh, more determined in that this has to happen. But it, despite accepting that fact, I just think throughout this course, she just seems like she's done this <laughs> many times. Mm -hmm. And especially because it seems like not all parts of the plan were in place going into this because the bus and like going on this trip that wasn't in the plan lizzie wanted no. lizzie wanted to do that i think charlotte had expected to do all of it in the room at the hotel like she even tells her we can go back to the hotel and and lizzie wants to go and like mm -hmm. all of that was kind of by the she was flying by the seat of her pants. The, you're she didn't get the meat cleaver until she went to get a snack. So what were you going to do? What was the plan if you didn't already have the meat cleaver? And then you had to look up the tourniquet. You just decided the bus. to figure <laughs> Yeah, you just decided to figure out the tourniquet. So a lot of this was happening. She was kind of just like coming up with a plan. Yeah, she was improving a plan. But she was super in control of the situation. And it works. For the twist. I just think yeah. it's weird for the character. But like yeah. that's why I meant it's not Allison Williams's fault or, or anything. She didn't play it weird. I just think for movie wise, it won't matter. It's not that big of a deal for some people. But for me, I just sometimes get bugged when things are written a specific way for a twist, mm -hmm. even if they don't make sense logically for the, the other things that are happening. Yeah, that's just something that bugs me at times. I felt I've I've mentioned that I think in previous episodes. So I have to bring it up in this one. <laughs> no, that, I, I think that's a fair that's a fair um, point to bring up. And I think it does ring true, too. Um, but I mean, moving into act three now, mm -hmm. it is interesting to see how act three plays out, because personally, I I still liked Act 3 because the plot was getting a little bit juicier. We That's when we're starting to get more secrets revealed. We're learning more about the characters and their backstories and the school and Anton and all that stuff. I liked that. Um, I feel like my a lot of my issues actually come in the, four, in the fourth bit, mm -hmm. um, but we're not there yet. <laughs> uh, I... <laughs> 
I I really liked the scene of her going back. I think that that was a very heart wrenching scene. Again, kudos to Logan Browning through this entire movie. I was just blown away mm-hmm. by the performance, but like I really did feel for her when she came back to the school with no hand and like we just had to watch her because you already knew what was going to happen to her like you knew but we still had to sit there and watch it happen and that was rough yeah that's all this this third section is very much i once again she her story is a little bit more of the forefront in this in this section because we have to see the aftermath of what happened and yeah it's great it's she she does a great job she's come a long way since playing sasha in the bratz movie for anybody who's seen that movie (laughs) (laughs) um but yes the like i think that this is the moment where i was the most unsure of where the story was going yeah because it really felt like we were going revenge yes that's where the story looked like it was going yes because we cut to at this point it's been three weeks like that's the first thing that we say it's been three weeks and it's very very clear that the academy i i just think doesn't really care about her because when she first comes back, even though Anton is like, yeah, we've been looking for you. Uh, he didn't seem that pressed to me. He really didn't. <laughs> he didn't seem that bothered because she lives there. And so and is his star pupil and has been just gone now. Because yeah. she was only supposed to be gone for what, like a week. And so that means she was gone for two extra weeks yeah. and nobody bad an eyelash about it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I guess he wouldn't really have necessarily maybe he didn't know where to look for her. But even in the way that he approaches her, it's not in a way of, oh, my God, I'm so glad you're back. It's more of like a where have you been? Like a scolding parent. And mm-hmm. it just feels weird i feel like this is the first time where you really just sense that there's something off because in the beginning i think anton seems like the great teacher who's supportive and loyal and wants to see the best for his students because and he's so excited to see charlotte again and he's so proud of lizzie and all these things and then this is when you kind of start to see that that's not the way that things are necessarily because yeah. as soon as he sees her hand oh is gone i'm sorry i should say as soon as he doesn't see her hand he's <laughs> this man is he is not happy he loses it and you can tell that he's losing it not because of the injury that she sustained it's because he knows that he just lost a star pupil yeah. that's why he's upset and it's very clear in the moment that that's what he's feeling. And yeah, it's like a, it's a first little taste of like who this guy actually is, because I think in the first, you know, in the first uh, two acts, we we have him there, but he almost feels like an auxiliary role. Like it doesn't necessarily feel like he's going to play a huge role in this movie until it until we hit the third act where we start seeing a little bit more of him and learning more about the school and just getting more prolonged interactions with him, I think his character definitely started to, you know, peer through the cracks a bit more. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And he kicks her out basically the next day. He tells her that she can't 
stay at the academy anymore. And that's the big thing for her is that she says the academy is her family. She doesn't want to leave. They've had this discussion. Her and Charlotte had this discussion. And she was basically like, I would never leave. And so now it's not her choice anymore. He is telling her she has to leave. And so then I think in this moment, we get a bit of a switch where now she has something that has been taken from her. And she is, looks like she's about to go on the warpath. And as far as Mm -hmm. we know, from what she said, she woke up, went to the hospital, and that Charlotte was gone at that point. She didn't know what had happened. Charlotte had just up and disappeared. And so that's, she was left alone and was found later on by police. Mm-hmm. So, which when I first saw that, I was like, Charlotte, what girl? You just went back home and didn't think anything was going to happen? Because the next time <laughs> we see Charlotte, she's cutting up tomatoes in her kitchen. Like she's about to make, <laughs> she's about to make a salad. And I'm thinking, you just thought you could leave and nobody would come checking for you? Like what? It's just one hand. Yeah. Like, are you really that upset about it? Well, that big of a deal. I didn't cut it off. Like, that's that's what <laughs> it feels like. <laughs> She's just like, eh, it's fine. But um, I think that's the main gist of this third act is that now Lizzie is enacting her revenge. We kind of see a snap in Lizzie. Yeah, like, and I I love that. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the turning, the shot where the camera turns. I really like that. Mm-hmm. That was a great technique to show a shift in her character. Yeah, and we haven't really talked about it too much. I don't want to harp on it too much, but cinematography, fan fucking tastic in this movie. I did think that the shots were beautiful. Most of them. Yeah, the cinematography in this movie is half and half for me. The shots mm-hmm. that I like, I really like. My issue is I feel like they tried every single type of creative shot and yeah. decided that all of them needed to stay. And mm-hmm. it was too much for me. It was a, like a little bit too much. This one is my favorite out of all of them. The full 360 turn that is continuously on her face, I think mm-hmm. works visually, but also just shows you the mental state of her character and that mm-hmm. she is like having a mental break and things are changing within her. Yeah. That's a great shot. They also do the the carry shot, the, which every time they did that, like big head in the forefront mm-hmm. <laughs> and then someone else in the background, I thought of you because there's a couple of those <laughs> throughout. But yeah, there's like the the flashback shots, which feel like they should be from a totally different movie. Yeah, I don't, what what happened with that? Did they shoot it on a different camera or something? Because it just looked so like it was very off putting, and like not yeah. in the just like oh this is a flashback, so it's different way. It's like this, like you said, feels like it's ripped from a completely from a different, different movie. movie. And you know what it is? It's it's it looks like a, it's from a made for TV movie because of the lighting. Like mm-hmm. made for TV movies are always have that cool, cold, bright lighting to them. And the rest of this movie is so warm. And it's yeah. like that. It's like fuzzy kind of. It's weird. It feels like it's from a Lifetime movie when they do the flashbacks. And then they do the the glitchy 
those like glitchy shots from when she's she was in the mental hospital. Yeah, that come, or it's like it's 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 her, then it's younger her, then it's her, then, then it it's like her, goes back and, and forth. And yeah, and it flashes really fast. Like we're in we're in Saw Four when they're doing the big reveal. <laughs> That's what it feels like. It's everything just happened so fast, and and those moments just don't feel like they fit into mm -mm. the rest of this movie. And that <laughs> that shot at the end where they rig the camera to Allison <laughs> Williams. Thank you for bringing that up. Honestly, I have now in my brain dubbed that the get him to the Greek sh shot because they <laughs> yeah. use that in that shit. Can we please retire that? I am so tired of it. It's Nine out of ten bad. times it just doesn't work for me. And it just, it was so weird, weird when it happened in this movie. It's weird because it works. The only time that that shot works for me is in a, with a character who's in a drug-induced state or they're drunk because they did a shot like that in Fried Berry. And it was, mm -hmm. and it worked because of yeah. the, what was happening the scenario of that film and in this one bro i can't accept it i can't <laughs> <laughs> i can't i refuse because it shit the shift was so abrupt from a regular shot income like a regular wide shot and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden we're we're rigged to Allison Williams, and we're just <laughs> seeing her face and everything, and she's like moving. She's like, rah, rah. <laughs> yeah, and we all we see is her in a scene that I have been waiting to see. Both the whole point of that scene is I've been waiting to see both her and Lizzie get their revenge, and yeah. now all I get to see is Charlotte's face. <laughs> are you serious that that made me mad that did because yeah. i was like are we in is this crank all of a sudden <laughs> is this crank and then i have to watch jason statham for <laughs> 85 <laughs> minutes like why can't i see anything else yeah i was that's that shot had me had me discombobulated i you know when it first first starts and you get the little blood splatter on her face. Yeah. It looks good for a second, like for a quick second. Yeah. But you could have done that shot as a regular shot. Like you didn't need it to be a rig shot. Um, yeah, they should. But the rest of it, I was like, it goes on for so long. They they could have done something similar to the shot that we just said we liked, where it's just a close up on her face, and maybe mm -hmm. it's rotating around her or something as the blood as the blood splatters. Like something like that, I think would have been really effective really clean and would have fulfilled the scene. But the mm -hmm. way it is now, it's just, that's what I mean when I, it feels like they wanted to try a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Didn't need to keep them all. Like, yeah, makes we need to make more choices because at the moment it feels as though there were certain shots in here that I was like, okay, I feel like he's making like a statement and like this is his style. And then mm -hmm. it felt like we had all these other styles thrown in. So I had a really hard time pinpointing like the kind of director or like the kind of voice, I guess, that he's trying to have. Yeah, like what what is being really said through these images. Yeah. And I think it doesn't help too that I feel like a lot of the big shifts in in shooting style all happen towards the end. Like they all yeah. happen kind of like one after each other. So it makes it way more pronounced. Because the first half of this movie is not like that. Mm -hmm. Like 
it, it goes way more standard by the books with their shot list. And then in that last bit, everything just goes wild. Yeah. And and similarly to the story, like, I don't know if it's because the story ramps up. So they were trying to like ramp because the, the beginning shots, I think, are much more intimate. There's a lot mm-hmm. of close ups and there's a lot of reflections and it feels very much focused on like the surface level of things and maybe they were trying to say okay and now we're getting into like things are taking a turn but yeah it, it just threw me off and you're right a lot of that happens in our final act uh which is our fourth act and mm-hmm. so once we get to that point because the third act finishes with lizzie kidnapping charlotte throwing her in the trunk of her car and then bringing her to the academy mm-hmm. and so the final act starts with basically a reveal of charlotte's intentions the entire time and then also we finally get to learn the truth about what was happening in the academy which trigger warning because the whole final act gets gets yeah gets pretty dark and pretty serious i think Mm -hmm. immediately um and so, yeah, trigger warning for sexual abuse, sexual assault um, involving children specifically. Yeah. Like, even in this moment, I'm still conflicted because here's the thing. It is a it is a subject matter and conversation that I do think is prevalent, um, especially in this universe, the world of um, talented children being with men of power and what could potentially happen there. Um, I think people often forget how how easy it is for people to get exploited and abused in those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, even thinking back to like the Simone Biles situation just a couple years ago, like it really put a spotlight on what happens behind the closed doors of some of these really, really talented individuals. Mm-hmm. And I I'm okay with exploring that, but I honestly don't know if i wanted it in this particular movie like i know why like i i get why and i can connect the dots of how we got here and how this became the underlying um big conflict of the movie but for the movie i felt like for the movie i watched in the first half this just felt like such a stark shift in tone and subject matter. Yeah, and and I agree with you. I think that the it makes a lot of to me it makes sense yes because this is an important topic. It does happen often where you entrust your children because you want them to be the best and you want them to, you know, excel and maybe you entrust them with someone who holds that power and who is by all regards, respected, but that doesn't mean that they're meant to be trusted. And especially in this case with the Academy, it's the, they're, they live there. Like these mm-hmm. kids live there. And so their parents are dropping them off and, and hope and thinking that they're going to be getting the best education and then, and just thinking that everything's going to be okay. And that's not really what's happening behind closed doors. And yes, that is total, you know, very much an aspect of life and we've seen the headlines and we see these things happen and i think even when this movie came out it was like around the me too era with and everything that came out with about like harvey weinstein and all of those things so it's definitely something that is important to be talked about and i do think that there is a a cathartic feeling in this movie when these two women band together 
and succeed in yeah. like reclaiming themselves and taking down the people that allowed for this to happen, especially when you have Paloma who they almost are trying to get on their side, feel like she should be on their side, and she's just accepted that these are the way things are. Like, yeah, it, like she's just as brainwashed yeah. as like Charlotte argues that they are. Mm-hmm. And for how how nonsensical I say the plan, like Charlotte's plan of like cutting off Lizzie's hand is, which I still think it is. Um, it I do think leap. there <laughs> is something. <laughs> I do think there is something profound in when. We, we get the flashback to them having the conversation after she's broken into Charlotte's house and, like, kind of kicked her ass. Which, based on the what we find out later in the timeline of things, like, why do you have to beat her up? I'm kind of, con- well, Who? I guess that was the first time that she's Lizzie. seen her yeah. since losing her hand. So, I, if somebody cut my yeah. hand off, I would swing on them a couple times. I, yeah, enough. I was like, I think those, <laughs> I think those kicks were, like... I get why you did it, but did you have to do it so hard? Like, did it have (laughs) to be so much? (laughs) Right. But in that, like, in that conversation, like, she reveals that, honestly, it took something that severe, that serious to happen to her to break that hold Mm -hmm. over, to break Anton's hold over her. And I do think that that is very much a parallel to what I'm sure a lot of women feel Mm -hmm. in similar situations where they may just not see it or like they just don't know how to get out of it. They don't know how to break away. And it takes something that in like that intense happening to really, you know, shock them back to reality of like, what is this situation and what's going on? Oh yeah. And I think especially with, and, and I do like that aspect where, it's, it is a big leap to let me get her to cut off her hand. But I do like that they add in that idea that Charlotte realizes that Lizzie won't leave. She's not mm-hmm. going to make that decision. And so it's going to have to be them making her leave. Because it, it took her mother's death for, for her, her to, leave. to leave. Yeah. And and she even says even, the, even after that, it took her years before she realized that what had happened wasn't okay. Like even for a while, she still thought everything was fine. And that's the thing too. It's like they're children who are growing up in this environment where they're being taught that this is just the way that things are. And like, so yeah, and that happens for a lot of people. When traumatic things like that happen and it happens on a daily basis almost, like, not everybody is is going people always think that everyone should have the reaction of like oh we'll just leave like just get out of there but that's not how everybody reacts that's not how everybody processes and that's yeah. not the way that it's going to go for everyone some people t- it takes them time to realize that hey this is not love or this is not the way that it should be mm-hmm. before they are even comfortable with the idea of leaving and we have to and they were children when this started so i think for them it's just kind of implanted in them for so long that like okay yeah this is what it takes to be great because that's what that's what the perfection is is Mm -hmm. is they get taken down in this room they perform and if they do everything completely perfect that's the perfection and they're they did great it's when they make mistakes that they're punished it's just rough especially because this 
abuse that they're taking is intertwined with their love and passion for music um music and for honestly it it spreads to all forms of art i think like anyone anyone who truly loves something and wants to pursue something a lot of people will do whatever it takes to get there and unfortunately sometimes that includes dealing with this level of abuse so it's like I understand wanting to talk about this and make a statement about this. And I'm not mad that they did. It just, it felt like, like, I don't know, like it felt like the second half of this movie truly was a different movie. Like I felt like I kind of watched two movies with the same characters sandwiched together. Yeah. And it's like, I, I just didn't really like the way that it ended. I don't know. I just felt like out of all of them, the fourth act was the weakest, which mm-hmm. is weird considering this is when we get this huge reveal of all these things that are happening. But out of everything else that I had seen before, it just felt like it didn't unfold in the way that I think the others had successfully done. And mm-hmm. so the sequence of events just left me wanting more than left me feeling like, oh, yeah, like, don't get me wrong. I love the final image. I think that that is great. The final moment is great. But like the lead up to that, I was just kind of like, it's shocking, but shock does not equal value. And so like, I just didn't feel like it had the same oomph that Mm -hmm. all the other chapters had had. So I was just kind of like, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, <laughs> now I I actually really enjoyed the choreography of the fight once we unrigged from Allison Williams' body. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did think the fight got very cool at that point. I loved the arm stab. That was brutal, and yeah. I appreciated that. Um, the, I agree with you. The last image to me was very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Made no fucking sense, though. <laughs> like, made absolutely... <laughs> zero sense like why is my man nubbed up still alive and why are we performing for him I like ass- eat. <laughs> i assumed that they're going down the path of like death would be too fair and easy for him so instead they have taken away the things he's used to weaponize against them in this way you know in no way shape or form can he harm anyone else But now they're going to put him through this purgatory where the only thing he has left is his ears that he idolized so much. And and now he has to stay in this room that he used to use to torture them. And they've like flipped it. And now they're going to torture him within it. It, You know, it's, it's, it's good visual storytelling. I would like to know where they got all this medical equipment to keep him alive. (laughs) It seems like he would have had to go to a hospital. (laughs) Um, to get his things remedied, um, Charlotte no longer has her hand, so that got a medical procedure. Right. So there has some time has passed since that last cathartic moment in the fight where they just finish him off. And I thought he was dead. Like the fact that he wasn't dead surprised the fuck yeah. out of me, honestly. And also, too, like, so. I almost, Why are we still here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are we still here? I almost would have preferred if it had ended with them maybe like getting all of the kids out and like burning it down or something. Because yeah. I'm like, are the kids still upstairs asleep? Like, what's happening? What's, what? what's happening with the rest of this story? Because the kids are going to find out that all the teachers are dead. 
Right. I hope you cleaned up Paloma's body so they don't wake up in the morning and step over someone with a knife in their back, which I will say, I think that Paloma moment was one of my favorites, mainly mainly because, guys, I'm a sucker for a good music moment, and that... That, that rap music coming on and her <laughs> and her stepping through the doorway and then pushing her over mm. dude that gave me that gave me goosebumps i was like yeah <laughs> I, I really i really enjoyed that just because it fit like the music worked for me the, yeah. the way that logan's like squ- squatted up in, the <laughs> in her hoodie worked for me Loma. Is that you? Are you okay? Paloma? That was good. <laughs> I like that. The the soundtrack throughout, I think, uh, deserves praise as well. The music in this in this movie is really, really good. Um, but yeah, there were elements. Do you disagree? No, no, you- no. I agree. Although I will say, going back to this ending note, I think we should have heard them playing the cello instead of yeah. the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. That last bit, <laughs> and I feel like like I said, I didn't like that last scene just because I, I didn't think it made any sense. But that that was a big con for that as well, is like I feel like that scene was meant to be heard. Right. Like just the way that it was playing out. I felt like there was supposed to be some like grand climax here where we're hearing them play the perfection together and he's watching. Yeah. But instead it's just this image music. that we get to see that's being underscored by completely different music. And I did not understand yeah, that choice. It felt bizarre because I agree. I feel like we should have heard them play the song beautifully together and finish and then and then finish and just have it be silence because obviously like nobody's gonna clap or anything have it be mm-hmm. dead silence and then cut to the credits and you can play that song i just thought it was so strange that they had like soundtrack music playing over the final cello performance which was by f- because we had already seen them do a duet separately mm-hmm. and i we got to hear that i feel like we we've should've... heard every other cello <laughs> yeah, up like, until this point I'm like we should have heard this one too especially because they're playing in tandem and that should have been the perfection them playing together should have made it the perfection and instead i hear a song that don't get me wrong i like the song but i don't want to hear it now not in this moment yeah <laughs> that was that to me was just such a weird choice i yeah. did not understand that it was weird. um but that that got coupled for me with all the other like random things about the fourth act that i just didn't like um despite the fact that there were like tiny bits that i did like uh, i agree with you for the majority of the part act four just it didn't hit like i wanted it, it to unfortunately it didn't and I, and how did you feel about the our final reveal that like 
Lizzie was working with Charlotte the whole time and that whole thing was a ruse and it makes sense but I think because we've already done it in the movie going back and getting the extra details just felt a bit repetitive yeah. um I like the information that we got once the ruse is revealed but I don't know. And it that, just, that was our second rewind moment. That, that was our that was our second rewind moment. Didn't work as well for me. Yeah, I don't know. And like, it's hard for me to truly judge that because I don't know what I would do instead of that there. But I all the only thing that I know for sure is that the second rewind just didn't hit the same way <laughs> the first one did. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, and I don't know how it could have been improved. That's the thing because I, I just don't know a different way for them. I, I guess I just wanted more. It just felt like it got revealed what was happening. They took her down. They took Charlotte down. They wanted her. They told her to play. They tricked her into thinking that someone else was going to have to pay for her mistake, and then that wasn't the case. And then. We got our revenge. I don't, I just felt like, I guess I just wanted to feel more of a like, yes, this is, that felt good. But at the same time, mm -hmm. I didn't know that that was the revenge story. So I didn't have time to build up to want that. Yeah. And so by the time that I got the reveal, there was only like 20 minutes left in the movie. And so I didn't really have that time to build up and and get ready. And so the release, I guess, just didn't happen for me in the same way it would have if I had known that earlier. You know, talking about it out loud, you know, what would have been kind of nice in theory is while she's playing the perfection, which we do watch and it's fun to watch. Why not do that in tandem with the flashback of the conversation that they're having. Mm. So she's playing the perfection. And while we're hearing the underscoring of the perfection, we go back and see them in the kitchen sitting there and talking about like, you were right, blah, 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 blah. Like have it happening at the same time as the performance so that we can keep the story going. But we also set up that the other characters don't realize that these characters are linked. So by the time we hit the end of the song, we know that they're working together mm -hmm. and then we can move forward into that revenge story. Yeah, but I, I, for me, I think it was the stop. It was like the things are heightening, 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 heightening. And then we have to go back a little bit for the, the rewinds yeah. to catch up and then we can continue. I think it just fucked with the pace. Yeah. And but see, I feel like they wouldn't have done that because the whole reason they kept it on her was because they were like, is she going to make a mistake? But it's mm -hmm. like I knew she was. Because I'm like, she's gonna, because she, they're not gonna just let her go. So I knew she was gonna make a mistake. I guess it was just like, when was she gonna make it was the question. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, <laughs> it was, I, I wish I could totally pinpoint exactly what it was. All right. I've had some time to mull it over and I think I've, I think I've cracked the case. I know what would have improved this for me is if after we had gotten the rewind and we had seen everything from Charlotte's perspective, we got all the way to Lizzie cutting her hand off. And then if from that moment on, we switched to a linear perspective for a while, more of a straightforward narrative, and we got to see that moment where Charlotte tells Lizzie 
that things are wrong and that she needs to leave. If we got to see all of that until up until like the fourth act, I still think they could have had that ending twist. And it also would have given me a chance to know that Charlotte is someone to root for and that Anton is more of a bad guy than we think. It doesn't give away what happened. It just lets us know that there's more that lies under the surface. I think that would have given me a chance to be more on Charlotte's side because we are following her for that very last half of the movie. And I, at that point in time, I have, I haven't known what to feel for her. And now I don't know what to feel for Lizzie. It's, it's, it would have given me a chance to see that there was an underlying reason for this that wasn't malicious on, on her end, at least. But, uh, but I just, I do think it's just one of those things where that's just the risk that you play with a movie like this, where there are so many twists throughout is not all of them are going to pay off, which is not to say that I didn't in that. I didn't appreciate this underlying aspect of the Academy being the real villain the entire mm-hmm. time. That's not to say that. I think it's just it happening so late in the game for me. I didn't really know. Like, it, it didn't feel as good with the ending because it just felt like, I don't know. I guess I just wanted to relish in it more with the characters. And we yeah. and I couldn't because A, that happened a little bit later, that's fine. But then I had to wait another 10 minutes before I realized that Lizzie was in on it. By the time mm-hmm. I realized Lizzie was in on it, we only had like 10 minutes left. And so then I was just like, okay, they're they have killed everybody by this point. <laughs> <laughs> they stabbed Bloom off screen. The other guys died from the drugs, and then the whole thing with Anton, and I guess I just don't really know. I, I the, Part of me likes the way that it ended because obviously like these two girls are never going to be the same. This is like mm-hmm. a shitty situation and like where do we go from here? But then at the same time, you've introduced that there are other people at this academy that are, yes, yeah, safe now. But I guess this is just another case where I'm like, did the imagery overtake the plot? Forsake the story yeah Mm -hmm. or was it worth it because like i said i love the imagery but it also kind of left me wanting when the credits started to roll i was just like okay i also got confused when when charlotte took off her wig because her hair was long yeah that reveal (laughs) i don't think like it just didn't do anything it didn't hit in the way because we had already seen multiple flashbacks of her having her head shaved so like i knew that happened was that just to show that that was like more recent than we thought i i don't know like i don't know like i don't know what big message that was supposed to leave there i don't know what the wig what the wig reveal was supposed to do but it didn't do it for me i can tell (laughs) you that much i i think it was meant to say like oh she just got out of the mental hospital before she reached out kind of a thing but Mm -hmm. i guess that didn't change the story for me so yeah it's like it didn't like do anything but i don't know we just started to get a lot of reveals at the end that didn't necessarily (laughs) hit for me That's but like going back to it, that's the thing is like I can't say in this moment necessarily what exactly I wanted. I just know what I got and how I felt about it. And I was like, "Eh, I kind of wish it was something else. I don't know what, but I just wish it was something else. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah, I agree. I just think that it had such strong 
moments prior to the ending. And mm -hmm. so it was just a bummer that the ending kind of slowed down in the manner that it did, it, which is weird because the story ramped up. But yeah. it just felt like there were the t they they couldn't decide what was more important for me in the end, whether the twists were more important or the visuals were more important or, you know, like what or the story was more important. It just felt like they were all battling in the end. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we didn't ever find a good balance yeah. for those. And I honestly, I would have preferred to get some of those reveals earlier on and have a stronger ending where I was on board with our our protagonist because twists near the end can work really well. Like I've mm -hmm. I've seen many movies where we get a twist in the last like five minutes and they work really well. But I think for a movie like this where I'm meant to really, really be on these two protagonist sides, mm -hmm. I needed that earlier because for a long time, I didn't really, I wasn't rooting for anybody. By the time I started rooting for them, the movie was about over. <laughs> and I was like, I'm on your team now, but like. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> but I don't know. It's, yeah, but like, uh, it took me a minute. So I, yeah, I just wish it maybe had happened earlier. Outside of that, I did think that there were some very strong elements in the movie overall. Mm -hmm. um, it was kind of a bummer that towards the end, it, it fizzled out yeah. a tiny bit. Yeah. Um, but. Oh no! Still, still a fun experience of a movie. I do think watching it pure that first time was engaging, and like not knowing the big twists mm -hmm. and turns was fun to go along the ride for the most part. Um, so, like, I'm not mad at this pick. Like, I'm not mad that we ended up mm -hmm. um, tackling the perfection. No, no, I'm definitely not mad at it, and I do enjoy. Like, it's always fun too with these movies to go back and and rewatch them, and you'll see little moments where. They seem a certain way like so when she, I think one of my favorite moments where it's different after you watch it through is Charlotte seeing Anton and Paloma for the first time and hugging them. And she seems mm. really emotional, but it's just because she's so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like, I think moments like that are always great to go back and see from a different point of view. So, yeah, I'm glad I I'm glad we covered this one because like talking about it, I think talking about it helped me kind of pinpoint some of my feelings yeah. about it more than when I was just like mulling them over in my head. Yeah. Or like, I, I, I agree. I felt like when I watched this movie, I liked watching through it, but I had critiques that I couldn't fully form right. until getting to have a conversation about it. Right. So, so yes. that being said, mm -hmm. any thoughts about what we should rate this out of? Ah. Uh, <laughs> I had to think about it for a second. Anything popping into your head? I'm thinking like bloody cellos. <laughs> bloody um, cellos. That's not a bad metric. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> hmm. Bug vomit. Bug vom. Bug vomit popped into my head a little bit. <laughs> I think out of those two, I prefer bloody cellos. Okay. Though that bug vomit is that imagery is gonna stick in my mind for a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, you go first. Let me go first? Yeah. All right. I think I'm going to give The Perfection 3.3 out of 5 bloody cellos. Mm -hmm. um, for all the reasons I've 
stated very recently or previously, I should say. Um, all in all, I enjoyed the movie. I actually really liked it. I, I liked watching it and the experience was fun. It's just that last the last half wasn't the strongest for me. And although I don't know how I would personally correct it, it did take me out. And I um, was a little disappointed that the pacing got a little weird towards the end. But I think the first half is incredibly strong. I think across the board, all the performances are very good. And the cinematography points that I enjoyed, I enjoyed a lot. Um, So I don't think this is a pass-up movie by any means. I just do think that there is... I was slightly disappointed that the perfection wasn't perfect. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But outside of that, it was fun. So... 3.3 out of 5 bloody cellos. Okay. I think I might give this three bloody cellos out of five. Okay. I, yeah, I mean, the performances in this movie are really great. There are some really nice moments visually. And I agree. It's just like the first and the second act for me, I really, really enjoyed. Third act, I still liked, but not as much. And then we get to the fourth act and it just, I just didn't, I just couldn't get into it as much as I wanted to. And I, although I think this story is whole and complete and works, I just think, I just wonder if the way the story unraveled was the best way of doing Mm -hmm. this story. And so... Yeah, I guess that just kind of puts me in a place right now where I'm not super, I'm not thinking that I'm going to want to run and rewatch this movie or that I would necessarily recommend it to too many people, especially because I think it does fall on a little bit more of like the bleaker and gorier side of things. Mm -hmm. And so I do think you kind of have to be in the mood to watch this movie. But yeah, I just think it was a little uneven for me. That whole second act, I could have watched that as a movie and like been very happy with that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's a it's a good movie. I think it just had too much, too many ingredients in the stew, and it came out tasting a little wonky for me. Fair enough. So yeah, Fair enough. three bloody cellos out of five. Nice. But that's it, guys. That's the perfection. What do you guys think of this movie? Please let us know your thoughts and how many bloody cellos you would have given it. You can talk to us on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you would like to talk to us a little bit more in depth, then talk to some of the other homies as well. You can find us at our discord the link for that is in our social media bios you can always email us as well we are homies of horror at gmail.com you can email us requests recommendations and business inquiries and if you're listening to this the day it comes out that means it's monday which means we are on twitch tonight playing some spooky games hanging out with the homies and possibly having some drinks if you want to come and chit chat with us and see what we are up to on there the link for that is also in our social media bios and last but not least if you are so inclined we would very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review you can do both on apple podcast more ratings and reviews we have the better it recommends our show to more listeners and we like to hear what you guys are thinking of the show so if you have an apple account and you haven't done that yet we would very much appreciate it 
Or if you're listening over on Spotify, you can rate us. Just go to our name, hit the stars underneath it. And once again, let us know what you're thinking of the show. But that is it for us and the Discord Decides of the Month. We hope you guys enjoyed the episode and the conversation. And we can't wait to do 